Sarah. Hi. I'm so excited to be back. How are uh, you? I've missed you. I know. I missed you too. It felt like a really long time. Yeah, two weeks. Although a long time, but also, uh, you know, it went by pretty quickly. That's true. It was actually, it's actually three, cause like two weeks missed podcast, but like actually three weeks since we've talked on anything but Slack. So that's why it's like, oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it feels like a long time. Man. Um, But I have some, I have big news in my world. Oh, tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So after, okay. I bought, well, the news is I bought a new car. Nice. Um, Yes. And I, it's funny because like my, my car, my old car, it's like I used to drive a 2008 Pontiac Wave, which is like, if, if you could imagine like a little Chevy Sonic. That's what it's like, um, but older. So it was time for an upgrade. My little, she's done me well, my little red car, but um, it was time to move on. Um, and I went to, okay, so I test drove the car, like I test drove some cars, right? And I had a number of different experiences, which is, which actually I didn't, I didn't kind of expect. So one time I was in Vancouver, went to a lot, test drove, I had a really great experience. I took my friend Karen with me, right? So we're both like, 40-something, we're both sort of dressed in, like, jean shorts and tank tops. You know, we go in, right? They took us totally seriously, like, answered all our questions. We had a test drive. We had a really good experience. We, like, made jokes with them about making, like, TikToks with the car. Like, it was, like, it was great, right? And I'm like, okay, this is, this is cool. And then same type of car. They had a pop-up event here in Victoria. Um, and I went to, like, test drive again just to be sure you know um and this time I took a male friend with me Mm. right and the we were only there so the service was a lot worse this time we were only there for about I don't know 20 minutes and in 20 minutes they deferred to him and his opinion about the car six times (laughs) I was counting (laughs) brutal even though you were the one who was clearly trying to buy the car yeah even when I told them so I like you know I walk up to the like we walked up to the little like booth because it was it's all like things are funny because of COVID so like everything's spread out we're outside everyone's wearing masks you can't quite read people's faces so there's like all kinds of layers of things going on I walk up to the booth and she's like the woman's like oh are you test driving I'm like yes (laughs) like and then I like write I like write down and I'm dressed the same way right so I'm like I don't know why like what how I'm dressed should matter but if you're wearing jean shorts and Again, tank top, it might. Um, Anyway, so then I like, I sign up my name and then she asks him if he's going to drive as well, right? And he's like, nope, it's her car. And then while we're standing there, another salesperson, he's standing beside me, right? Another salesperson comes up and asks him if he's, if he's going to, like, as if he's like on his own, right? Like, oh, are you test driving too? Asks him, right? And he's like, nope, I'm just with her. And then we go to get in the car and they're like, are you, they, they give you seven minutes to do the test drive, right? So it's not very long. So they said to him, are you going to drive too? <laughs> he's like, he's like, nope, it's only seven minutes and it's, and it's her that's buying the car. Mm. And then when we got out of the car after the test drive, I think this was the worst one, is they, we got out and they addressed him and said, did you get to drive? Did you get to drive too? <gasps> yeah. And I was just like, oh my God. And I like, I understand. Okay, here's what I do. I understand that like the brain is pattern seeking, right? So like you're in an environment where like these people, uh, these salespeople 
had had experiences in which there's a certain like demographic of people that are buying cars, right? So they're like deferring that way, probably without thinking about it. Um, but what they don't realize is how terrible an experience that that leads for me, especially me that I'm I'm fairly sensitive about this stuff, and right. I actually didn't realize that. I think I sort of expected the same experience that I had had a couple of weeks before in Vancouver. Mm. Um, so I was I was a little bit put off. Um, and I told them too. I told the very nice lady on the phone a couple of weeks later. Good. Um, about that experience. Yeah. I mean, just to play devil's advocate, maybe they're trying to sell two cars. <laughs> maybe. Someone said like maybe they had a, like, it was funny because like maybe they had a standard thing of asking the person that's with you if they wanted to drive too. Mm. Like I, I thought that, but the, the funny thing was is that when I went there with Karen, Two Didn't weeks before, nobody asked her if she got to drive oh. too. So I like if that was a standard thing to do, mm. then you know. I, so I, I, it's because of the comparison of the yeah, of the two yeah, because it's so fresh that, in your mind. Yeah, it really stood out to me. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> um, so I, I think I just didn't realize that those kind of biases can sometimes come across so strongly still. Yeah. And I thought people were more um, informed or would be more sensitive about that. So um, I'm sorry. Anyway, did, I had a bad day at the dealership. <laughs> did you buy the car? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the end of the day, I like the car. You should have gotten it from the Vancouver dealer. I probably should have, yeah. <laughs> Reward them. <laughs> no, I actually did. I actually did buy it for the Vancouver people. So, um, yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, well, there's, there's my rant, my opening rant for our new. And now we're six minutes in. You haven't gotten to speak yet. So <laughs> I am going to ask you about how your time, your last three weeks were um, coming up. We're also going to talk about... Uh, what we've been up to, Rosie starting school, your rant on YouTube, and we have some I rock because. Hey, Sarah, I have a riddle for you. What's refreshing, oh. great, any time of day, and super awesome? Oh my gosh, is it the If You're Riding podcast? Oh no, wait, by the look on your face, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's noon. Yes! It's noon, isn't it? Ding, ding, ding! You got the answer! Woo! Okay, friends, seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years. They are amazing. They are supportive. And we all get 30% off with the new code, note the new code, Live Feisty um, at noonlife.com. So use the code Live Feisty, E before I, at noonlife.com. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code LIVEFEISTY15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding.
So Sarah, thanks for putting up with my rant. Um, how have the last couple of weeks been for you? Let's see. Uh, so we also bought a car. Oh, yay. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, it was very low stress. It, you know, honestly, interest rates are so low right now that it was a really good time to buy. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a Ford Ranger pickup from 2004 that no longer passed inspection a couple of years ago. So we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So nice. we, we, we've been a, a one car family for a while. And <laughs> I honestly, I didn't really care. I let, I let Ben decide what he's going to buy because I have my car. And I just, right. like, I've already staked claim to the one we had before, you know, mm-hmm. our, our Subaru Outback, which is basically yeah. the default vehicle of our area. I'm like, you pick what you want. I don't really care. Uh, so, you know, hearing you talk about going to the dealership, like, I don't need to drive it, test drive it. I don't really care about the details. This is all on you. Right. <laughs> so it's funny to hear you describe, you know, the, the gender dynamics, because I totally played into it. You know, here, this is a purchase for the two of us, but I couldn't really care that much. Um, right. Yeah, I just, I, I don't have the bandwidth. And honestly, like I said, I have my car. This is his. Um, right. Although, that being said, it's really nice to have a car that doesn't smell like dog inside. And yeah, so now mine is the default dog car. Um, oh, yeah. I see. One one car. Only one car gets dogs. Yeah. Wrong. Well, for, for the time being. Um <laughs> So let's see what else has been going on. I started my course, so I'm on week two. Oh yeah, so great. Uh, How's it going? How is like how is it learning again? Being at school again? It's it's more. I'm trying to readjust to reading academic writing, and mm. how dry it can be, um, mm. and it's okay. I mean, I. Hopefully the learning curve is fairly steep. I've had to refresh myself on, you know, using APA for citations and everything, like the APA format. Uh, I bought a little reference book because I think I learned Chicago style in in college and university. So yeah, so it's it's a whole new world for me that side of things. Um, yeah. I was really stressed out the first class, but then I got a excellent point from from the from the teacher I'm like yes I'm gonna crush this <laughs> and that old competitive instinct yes somebody makes me feel good about myself <laughs> I am going to win this course <laughs> Look, I'm trying I'm trying not to talk too much during class and be a, a good you know classmate um but it's it's just interesting taking a class online People are all over the country in different situations, uh, different ages. You know, I think probably the age range is late 20s to probably 60s. Um, So I was, yeah, you know, and that's what makes it fun is that you have all these differing viewpoints and life experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm still intimidated by the academic writing, Uh, you know, both reading it and trying to do it myself our first our first class we had to do on the fly because this is writing and social science first class okay guys 25 minutes to write a piece um about this topic and here you go you have until top of the hour 
I was sweating profusely. Some pressure. Uh, but you probably have good skills for dealing with pressure. Oh, but no, I got through it. And here was, here was the stressful part is that if your writing wasn't of a high enough standard, you were going to get kicked out of the class. So there were real stakes. Yes. What? Yes. Really? Like yeah. it was a, it was kind of a test to see if you were equipped right. to do the class. Yeah. Wow. And, and two people have not come back. I know. You, is that the, Hunger is Games, the paper man. that you got the excellent Hunger Games? <laughs> Who knew? But on Zoom. On the Hunger Games on Zoom. Academic Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, yeah, so far nobody else has been ki- Week two, nobody got kicked out. So maybe it's only a, a one-time thing. Um, so no, it, was, it, it wasn't. I didn't get an excellent on that. I just got an excellent on one point that I made during class. Really, I I shouldn't get too excited about it, but I I needed a little bit of a boost, and that first class was nice to get something from from the instructor. Yeah, totally. <laughs> are you finding like Are you finding you have any trouble? I I I'm speaking from experience because yeah. I went back and did a couple courses when I broke my foot. Mm. I think I mentioned this before, like say four five years ago, before I retired. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and I, I found it hard. I felt like the pathways in my brain were closed in terms of learning. So I found it hard to, like my memory in particular, which has never been great, mm. it's always been like my brain weak point, um, had got worse. So it was hard even to like, if, we, if I did reading too far before the class ahead of time, I would not remember. Like I was way better to do it the night before. Mm. Or um, just like, it just, I don't know what I... I can't explain it except to feel it to say that like my brain felt like sticky and it took like a little while to go okay oh this is what learning is like to sit in class and actually take things in and figure out again how to write how to write notes or write some type notes Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I had never like I used to write my notes right um so how to like write something on paper that was going to remind you about what you were learning in class like there were these little things that I found a little bit difficult at first I I'm sticking to doing handwritten notes because for some reason that like physicality helps me kind of retain more information. Mm -hmm. But I also, when I was in school a gajillion years ago, I didn't really write that many notes about my reading. Uh, I was able to retain a lot more. So so now I I have to do it or else I, like you said, I won't really... remember quite as yeah. much I need to yeah. keep it fresh and there's something about that transcribing by hand transcription yeah. by hands that allows me to really understand the material better whereas yeah. when I was younger I could definitely I could read a paper and pick out key, like my reading comprehension was pretty good um mm-hmm. I could and I was a lot faster at reading academic papers back then um mm-hmm. I didn't work very hard in college but uh you know, I, I learned shortcuts, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but that was that was a good shortcut back then. I'm just realizing I have to do put a lot more time in for mm-hmm. what would have taken me a lot less time, you know, not that long ago or a long time ago, depending on your yeah. perspective. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Although it sounds yeah. like like it sounds like your group is quite like age diverse yeah. in your class too. So that will actually so a lot of folks will be in a similar place to you or better off or worse off. Um in a way, I found like one of the courses I did was a, um, a history, it was a fourth year history course on um, politics in the Middle East. And I like history and politics in the Middle East. And I um, 
noted that, that a lot of what you just said about like taking shortcuts, that most of the students, they were really, really bright, hmm. right? And they were really, really good at learning, like way better than I was, but that they were always taking, if they didn't have to do something, they would, so I would have come, and, and this professor was brutal. Like we had to read an entire book every week and discuss it. So I would like, and I was interested, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm interested in this topic. I'm going to, um, I'm going to read this whole book. And I got there, get to class and realize nobody else has read the whole book unless mm. they're doing the essay on it. Mm. <laughs> um, so, but they were bright enough that they could, that they could keep it. Whereas if I didn't read the whole book, yeah. I, I had nothing else to offer. <laughs> yeah. I guess some of that's probably just the arrogance of youth. You know, you, mm. you do you, you feel like you can get away with a lot more when you're younger. A lot of the times, because you can, uh, <laughs> but just as you get older, you real you you know the value of doing the hard work. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping yeah. that pays off, even though I'm a bit slower. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I suspect that, like, give you another like in two weeks from now, we're going to be talking, and you're going to be back to the old learning, Sarah. I don't know. I'm trying to work my way through this 30-page paper about cultural Marxism. And mm -hmm. I, it's, it's very specific language that I am not familiar with. And I just, I feel like I'm pulling out fingernails right now. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, talk to me in a couple of weeks. I'm excited. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll find. I'm just, I'm okay being uncomfortable with this. I just better get an A. That's all I'm right. saying. <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> I think part of the reason, like, part of the thing I, like, love about school, about university, right, is that you can, like, for us as athletes, like, there was only one winner. Like, yeah. we go to an Ironman race, and, like, one person wins, and everybody else loses. A couple other people get on the podium, but, like, but in, like, in university or in school, like, everybody can get an A, technically, unless you have some weird, huge bell curve thing. But like, it's not the same thing, right? It's like, you are in control of your own A and your own winning. You know, that being said, I definitely, the past couple of classes, I'm sizing up my competition. I'm like, <laughs> little do they know. There's like an Olympian sitting beside them, like eyeing them up and like, I'm taking you down. If you get 92%, I'm getting 93%. Where I was like, I, I just saw that intellectual flex. I can flex too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like trying to think of the smart follow-up yeah. thought to their smart thought. It backfired once where I got a little ahead of myself and partway through this thought that I hadn't really worked out all the way. I'm like, ooh, I actually sound dumber for that. <laughs> <laughs> Should have thought that. <laughs> I just got too competitive. Oh, so another thing that I've been doing, speaking of competitive, uh, I've been, tr and being outside my comfort zone, I've been doing some mountain running. Uh, yeah. Not in my wheelhouse whatsoever. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Because of the descending, technical descending, is that what makes it not in your wheelhouse? It's the technical aspect to it. Um, mm -hmm. Where... Uh, Partway through a descent, I actually, I took a video of myself uh, t talking to Ben because he had asked me how it was going. I'm like, I hate this. This isn't running. This isn't hiking. This is something else. This is so stupid. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> and part of it's because 
I'm really bad at it. But then there's also like the the fear part of my brain of I don't feel comfortable, you know, being a mountain goat leaping rock to rock, you know, potentially mm. falling off the cliffs. You know, it's it's definitely not comfortable. Like I don't have that fast feet, that agility. Um, yeah. But it's it's kind of fun and I hate it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm hoping that the more I do it, the more comfortable I get, I actually like it instead of kind of love hate it. Does that yeah. make sense? It totally makes sense. That's how I feel about mountain biking. That's mm. how I feel about that kind of running too. Mm. I just don't, I don't have any urgency to, or gumption, I guess, to mm. like teach myself to do those things. Mm. So I'm happy to like, like I loved, I don't, I wouldn't do anything that I would call mountain running here, but I do a lot of trail running mm. and um, I'm just happy to go slower on technical bits to my comfort zone yeah. rather than trying to push myself into, into new, I don't know what you call it, skills, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to push myself into not hating it, um, <laughs> which seems like just force myself to like it through exposure. Right. This Does that could, work? Like, I guess I we're gonna find out. <laughs> we're gonna find out. This is it's a good experiment. experiment. I feel. I feel more. I feel as though the academic side is more promising. You know, there's more potential for me to enjoy it um, yeah. than the mountain running because either I'm going to continue to hate it or I'm gonna break my arm or something and then I'm <laughs> completely done. <laughs> So everybody, let's let's take some odds. Two months from now, does Sarah hate mountain running, love it, or is broken? <laughs> Excellent. We'll find out. It's, it's reminding me of a couple of years ago, Kelly O'Mara and I did um, the uh, swim run race, the mm. one in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we... <laughs> And there was this one point where you, like, we got to one island where you took, you kind of went around the side of the island and it was just all boulders, right? Like you, you literally ran, like when you were saying running rock to rock, like you ran, you like jumped rock to rock all around this side. And I got stuck on this one, <laughs> like different people were taking different paths and there was a lot of overtaking, right? Mm. Because some people were just way, way better at this, mm-hmm. right? So it allowed like people who thrived at that technical to get ahead. Um, and I did not thrive at the technical and Kelly was better than me. So there was one moment in which I was like, I'm like standing, I'm supposed to jump off this rock to the next rock. And it was just a little bit beyond me. And she was like, she had to like talk me <laughs> into making this jump. <laughs> and I think that, that moment kind of like went down in history because it was like, it definitely was like, super would you say it was like super vulnerable for me because mm. I actually was like exposed as like oh I'm actually scared right now and I don't want to jump yeah um and it took a little bit of coaxing so yeah um, well, yeah kudos to you for doing that but that I think I think you're right it's it it makes me feel vulnerable mm-hmm. for different ways you know partly because I'm not good at it other you know in part because I just don't I don't I don't know it just I feel exposed and I think I think that's part of the reason why it's so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so Rosie starts school today. Oh, um, speaking of exposure. Yeah. <laughs> good, good transition. <laughs> yes. Totally winning. joking. <laughs> winning the transition game. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I went and I bought her this little outfit. Well, like she she wanted to do the she's taken an interest in fashion, so I wanted to like let her go and choose her outfit. And of course, like the first thing she chooses off the rack is like a faux, like a pleather 
like short skirt with domes up the front, right? So like everything she's choosing, I'm trying to choose like the pieces that go with it. Like I'm like, okay, we need like we need some leggings with this, <laughs> or like she chose a um a fun fur, like a fun fur kind of like loose crop hoodie, you know. Um, and so yeah, it was just like it's like super cute to see her choose her style or whatever. But I posted this on Instagram, um, and a lot of comments about well, because she does look. Like, she's, like, nine going on 23. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. No, it's, um, it's very tween. It's fashion tween. Mm. Yeah. I thought it was mm. cute. Yeah. It, yeah. I, yeah, me I too. A couple people practical. Call, go ahead. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, I didn't think the selection was practical. You know, you, you, those are not closet staples. It's hard to incorporate that into your wardrobe and use them on a regular basis. But that's just me. That's my only objection. <laughs> now we know how Sarah chooses her clothes. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I can relate to Rosie because I'm the kind of person who like forgets about the staples. So I like, I, and I gravitate to like the fun um, loud things right so I end up with like all these like loud items in bright colors and I'm like what do I wear with it I don't know <laughs> I didn't I didn't plan for that <laughs> yeah but anyway a lot of comments about how um some schools don't allow like her tank top had like hmm. uh spaghetti straps on it um how some schools don't allow that and uh I'm like what really now we're like policing spaghetti straps on nine-year-old girls like this I don't know. I, I was a little bit disappointed that that happens. Yeah, that is pretty silly. Mm-hmm. They're kids. And yeah. honestly, at any age, should you be telling kids what they should or shouldn't wear? Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm I was thinking that. Like, I don't know. As she goes through school, because I'm very anti, like, policing girls' clothing. Like, mm-hmm. I think um, I think we need to check ourselves if we're if we're having problems with what girls are wearing but um if if something happens I'm curious now like as she goes through school something gonna happen and that's gonna be the thing that breaks me like to go in go storming into the school and telling them what's what about their rules um it could be that could be coming up (laughs) so do you do you ever catch yourself policing you know mentally policing other people's outfits maybe not kids but adults Oh, interesting. Good question. Okay, I'll try to answer honestly. I'm just thinking about it. I think, oh, I think I sometimes might think that um, someone could be, like, could choose items that are more flattering. Mm, mm-hmm. um, m- more because, um, especially if I, if I like the person or if I, like, more because I'm, like, I think that they, if I'm thinking that someone's underconfident in the way that they're dressing, mm. like, I might think that. I, I, I will have internal dialogues about, okay, the pro I'll see, for example, you know how like the super, super short shorts are popular, mm-hmm. like where the butt cheeks oh, are hanging I out. See. Yeah. Like I have to have a dialogue with myself where it's like, I, just because that's not my choice, I have to stop judging it. But then the aesthetic part of me is like, it just doesn't look good. <laughs> I don't like, so it's, I will have a whole debate in my mind. I mean, I would never think to say anything to somebody unless they asked for my honest feedback. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I definitely go through that where, uh, you know, just working through that is, that's not, that's, this is my issue. If I don't right. find that, you know, 
appropriate or flattering or whatever the case might be, it doesn't matter because that person has a mirror. If they feel good about themselves, then who am I to say otherwise? Yeah, I, I, that's okay. Now I see where you're coming from with that question. I was kind of trying to think of the people in my day-to-day life, yeah. like whether I police. But um, yeah, like if you're, if you're like, if you see like a group of high school kids and and you're sort of kind of looking at how they dress, I, I see what you're saying. There was another trend about where um, they would the girls would wear the top button of their jean shorts undone. Mm-hmm. And like this is a trend that I never understood. And I'm, yeah. do you remember you could buy shorts like that mm-hmm. that were made like that? So like again, like it's like it's like I'm having these old lady thoughts of like, oh my gosh, <laughs> how is that a trend? It's ridiculous. It just looks um, dumb. <laughs> yeah. It, yes. But most so trends think- do look dumb. Yeah, <laughs> just like fun for crop hoodies, for example. Um, but I, but I like, I, I guess, yeah, I guess just, okay, I guess I would allow myself, I'm thinking through this in real time now, yeah. so um, I would allow myself to think that a trend is stupid and I don't like the way that it looks and that's fine. Um, I think, I think, yeah, where I would check myself is just kind of like you said, like if I have a, if I'm like, you shouldn't, the girls shouldn't wear that because it's too sexy, like, mm-hmm. or because it's too, they're showing off their bodies or they're sexualizing themselves somehow. And like, no, that's like, that's my, mm. that would be like my problem um, or my internal dialogue around like what people should and shouldn't wear. Like, so I don't think, yeah, that's just, I would definitely kind of try to shut down those thoughts for myself. Um, I can think it's unflattering or, mm. You know, but if someone wants to, yeah, like you said, like the butt cheeks hanging out on the jean shorts. Yeah. Like, why do I care? Right, right. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, I remember having, because like, yeah, you know, having like your midriff, your midriff. <laughs> I'm using that <laughs> word because I'm pretty sure that's what they told us. You you weren't allowed to have your midriff showing <laughs> at school. <laughs> like, that, that comes in and out of style. Like having like mm. those crop, crop tops. And there's always people who want to talk about that but really it's just like a belly (laughs) so ben and i have this ongoing debate about the uh kind of sports bra and tights look like Mm -hmm. with the the high-waisted tights oh yeah and as nothing to do with aesthetics and purely temperature regulation where i do (laughs) not understand this trend because your legs are hot and your top is cool and it makes no sense to me (laughs) Sarah, you, you have to imagine it where you're doing it. Like you're not, you're not out on a run with like intervals. And like you're like you're like doing yoga at this point no. with like a little bit of strength. But like yesterday, we saw somebody running and it was 81 degrees out. I don't know what that is in Celsius, but it's hot and it was humid and it was the high waisted tights and the crop top. I'm like that just doesn't mm. make any sense to me. Mm. I mean, I think your legs would be so sweaty. And I'm not sweaty up top. <laughs> You're coming at this from a very practical angle. <laughs> yeah, but if you're exercising, you want to be practical. <laughs> Again, I think she's probably, I'm going to go out on a limb and say she's probably not an elite runner that you're observing, right? So she's probably, like, she's probably just jog- out for a jog. Yeah, and she's going to hate running if she thinks she always has sweaty legs. <laughs> If that's a part of the running. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way, lady. <laughs> anyway, that is my rant. We can have another rant in a few minutes. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. Okay, because 
<laughs> because Sarah, you did this is this is the rant episode. <laughs> I think we're on, we're up to rant four now. I, I, you had a rant <laughs> during our break. <laughs> oh, I made Sarah snort. This is the best episode ever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you, you had a rant during the break. I was actually kind of like a little heartbroken that we didn't have the podcast the week that you did your YouTube video about the Hamburg um, World oh. Championship. So um, in case our audience miss, missed it, <laughs> missed your YouTube rant, first of all, go check Sarah's YouTube channel. Um, but it's can you give us a little rundown? It's a very mix of, of things on there. Um, we're very inconsistent. But yeah, so... Uh, the day before I recorded that, there was a release from the ITU saying that Hamburg, uh, the event in Hamburg, which was under two weeks from that point, was going to now be the world championship. And I was just so upset about it for so many reasons. I just had all these feelings and I had to put them out into the world. So I'm like, camera, action, let's go. <laughs> And, and that's felt, how the video came across, too. Like, it was like, you, it was it was like very, set it up as quickly as possible. But it was, play. it was very cathartic. Uh, I felt much better after, you know, I was able to scream into the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And I still, I still back everything I say. Um, you know, I felt that it was a terrible decision. I understand. ITU, sorry, just to like in case anyone missed it, like the ITU announced very recently that the Hamburg World Cup was going to be the world championship. Do I have this right? Yeah. Um, And less than two weeks' notice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just on so many levels, like I had my my different reasons. Um, I mean, there were athletes who couldn't go because we have travel restrictions in place. And, And, I know that the, the, okay, so let's back up. The reason they had to do this was because they have contracts and in those contracts, it says they need to have a world championship. And I get that. They're thinking long-term for the health of the sport, yada, yada. It still doesn't make their decision right. Uh, And you also have to realize other governing bodies have had to make that very, very hard decision to be able to protect their athletes and the integrity of their sport. So am I going off on another rant right now? Yeah. Let's just go with it. Yeah. Uh, roll. Yes. So, you know, by, by contrast, um, you know, you look at a sport like, like track and fields and they decided that they wanted to minimize travel because it was too hard for the athletes. It was an ethical concern. So they made decisions back in, I think April that basically said like, if there are meets, great. But we don't want athletes to feel pressure to be chasing these races around the world. We're going to put uh, rules in place that basically minimize that aspect. Now, if you announce a world championship a week and a half from that, from a certain point, all of a sudden athletes are scrambling. Uh, if they are already in Europe, it's pretty easy for them to get there. But it's an, a sprint distance race. Normally, World Championship, it's decided by a series, with the finale being an Olympic distance race, so a totally different distance. Uh, You know, athletes feel pressure to go because they think there's a possibility. A lot of of Olympic spots are going to be up um, using discretion. 
so they're like, okay, well, I guess I have to go. And it just creates unnecessary stress and panic among athletes. Yeah. Just, like, that was my question about whether it affects, like the, whether the outcome of this world championship that was only announced two weeks before affects mm. Olympic qualifications. Does it for some countries and not others? Or how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So it all depends on how the selection criteria have been written. Uh, mm. I know for the U.S., we have a lot of discretion written in. So mm-hmm. if you are not completely prepared, you're still going to go the the worlds. Like because just in case you have a great race. If you are feeling concerned about COVID, you're still going to go. You know, like <laughs> mm. because it's hanging over your head that your selection may may hinge on that. And mm-hmm. I don't know from from my point of view I, I wouldn't see it any differently than a World Cup, for example. I wouldn't see it on the level of a WTS race in, in terms of selection because you have a, a week, I mean, for all the reasons that I've, I've kind of ranted about. <laughs> and what percentage, did you watch the race? I, yeah. 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 What percentage of the world's best do you think were actually there at that championship? I don't know. Um, so what, ITU's gotten super Eurocentric. Um, mm-hmm. You know, oh, sorry, I should specify Western European. Um, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, this is this is a whole other discussion we could have at a different time. Is I, I think a lot of the policies that ITU have put into place have made uh, the reach of the sport less global. And you see a dominance of a few countries, it's, it's particularly among the women with the the more affluent governing bodies, um, right. you know, namely the U.S. and uh, the U.K. Yeah. Really dominating. And it's you're seeing fewer development countries. You're seeing fewer uh, country representation among, you know, the top 10. Yeah. So there there were definitely some some key players missing, I would say. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Hmm. I Percentage wise, I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that was a very, like, I, I agree with you. I don't know much about it, and I'm, mm. I'm not following ITU too much. <laughs> or a triathlon <laughs> these days. <laughs> Good thing we have this triathlon podcast. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think it is, it's not really fair to the athletes um, to announce something so quickly and force people to make decisions that are, yeah. that may not be in their best interest. Oh, it also has the potential to devalue what a world championship means. So there was there was a post right. from uh, from non Stanford. So uh, previous world champion, let's I think what 2013 something like that. Uh, I can't remember off the top. I think 2013 she she was world champion, mm-hmm. and she was unable to even get there because. She's in Australia right now right. and because of travel restrictions and the, the way she she put it was that it, it just it felt like it cheapened uh, it cheapens the title and right. I, I don't disagree with her. Yeah. But I also, you know, athletes want to race, obviously, like they want to be there. They want to buy for it. There were athletes who were clearly very fit and ready to show that off. And I'm really happy for them that they have those opportunities. Mm-hmm. But you can't think about what's good for a few. You have to think about what's 
pretty good for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. I agree. Anyway, that was my rant. That was your <laughs> second, the final, second time through. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, if anyone, if anyone out there has a rant, please, <laughs> please let us know if you have a topic you'd like us to rant about. We're also open <laughs> to suggestions. Um, okay. After this last break, uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit to IROC because. All right. So I would say that our recurring segment, IROC because, is the anti-rant. It's celebrating our, our little wins in life. Uh, so they, we, we have a couple of voicemails from, from listeners telling us why they rock. So we're going to play those. But before we go, why do you rock? Why do you rock oh, right thought, now? I thought you might ask me this. <laughs> and I wasn't prepared. And my me mind neither. was all over the I place. I just buy myself time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay. I think, okay, I think, I mean, to go back to the first thing that comes to my head, of course, is about my new car, <laughs> which to circle back to the whole thing. Um, but no, it, in, in reality, actually uh, buying things, I find it hard to buy big ticket items for myself. Mm. Um, like I find it hard to, I'm not a spender. Like I don't feel like I need anything. I get a lot out of like the things that I do. Like I'd rather create a lifestyle mm. uh, for myself where I can do the things that I want than, um, than have like then have stuff just for the sake of it so it's not really me so um I did need a little encouragement to uh get off my arse and get myself a new vehicle so I I rock because I finally did that nice what about you Sarah you've you've had your time now (laughs) yeah I I will say that we're we're very similar um I see something like a car as being utilitarian like I don't get excited about things like that I don't get excited about buying stuff I hate shopping Mm -hmm. um and I've tried to give myself time to buy a reason why I rock because, and it hasn't worked. Uh, I rock because, uh, I don't know. Mm, because I am okay with ranting in public about things I feel passionate about. And mm-hmm. even sometimes about things I don't feel passionate about. <laughs> and if listeners you just want us to entertain you at the rant or two we're happy to accommodate we're we're more than happy depending what kind of mood we're in i even honestly held back on a couple potential rants on this episode so (laughs) we'll save them for next week we'll save them yeah all right. Well, um, we're going to finish up the episode with uh, a couple of I Rock Because from our listeners. Please send some in to Sarah at livefeisty.com. Is that correct? Sarah without an H. Yes. Sarah, Sarah with no H, me at livefeisty.com. Thanks and see you next week. We grossly, as in, in a big way, and truly want to thank our sponsor, Noon Hydration, for supporting If We Were Riding. If you love us or even kind of like us, or maybe just like our content, you can make sure we grow through our Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash live feisty. And also make sure you talk to us on Instagram at if we were riding. We love talking to people on Instagram, especially on the stories. If you want to send us a voicemail, record a voice memo on your phone and send it to Sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah with no H, me at livefeisty.com. And remember the I comes after the E if you're feisty. 
We also love reviews on iTunes and written messages from you joining the conversation. If We Were Riding is a live feisty media production hosted by Sarah True and me, Sarah Gross. Our editor and producer is Taylor Mahan. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. This is Brenda, and I am leaving a voice memo today to tell you why I rock. I rock because... I am dog-sitting this week, but this dog-sitting is supporting somebody in our community. This week, Alyssa Gadeski is doing her um, FKT attempt on the 46 High Peaks in the Adirondacks, and I live in Lake Placid. She reached out to me because her um, one of her crew members is bringing their dogs and their Airbnb became dog unfriendly for some reason. So Alyssa reached out via Insta and asked if I knew any dog sitters. And I offered to take Tempo, the 10-year-old Australian shepherd. So my three-year-old Burner and I, Henrik and I, will be watching Tempo this week while Alyssa is doing all 46 high peaks in four days, which is crazy. So I rock because I am dog sitting for a member of our extended Live Feisty community. So hi, Sarah and Sarah. My name is Nancy Potopsik, and I'm calling in for the IROC because. Um, so IROC because this year with no races on the calendar, um, I chose to create my own event. And every year I um, choose a, a race goal, like either in triathlon or running, um, and I challenge myself to push myself farther than I had the year before. So this year um, I was going to do that with some open water swim events. However, like every other race, everything was canceled. And so um, when I do those races, I also raise money for charities. So um, our family has gone through a lot with our son and uh, he has a heart condition and has gone through several surgeries. And we've had organizations such as Sick Kids, Make-A-Wish, Ronald McDonald House in Toronto um, help us out over the years. So um, what I try to do every year is uh, raise money to give back to those organizations. So with no races on the calendar, I thought I would create my own race. And so I uh, have been wanting to do a, a... 10k open water swim for a while now like I've been watching all these amazing people swim so far and I thought you know what that's something I would like to do I have a competitive swimming background also and so I thought with nothing um, on the calendar and, and no goals in sight I would just make my own so I have been training um, for a 10k open water swim now for a couple months and I will do my 10k open water swim on August 30th on my birthday and it's been quite fun training for it, and I've um, had friends, and I've been inspiring other women. Oh, sorry, my <laughs> my toast is ready, um, but 
yeah, I've been inspiring other women along the way, um, which has been really cool as well. Like they've been pushing themselves to do distances in the water that that ha- they haven't never thought they'd do. Like and and it's been really fun. So yeah, so I just wanted to share that little tidbit that I rock because I create my own event and I'm inspiring other women. Tell me to stop my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.